So I'd like to begin uh, this evening by welcoming everybody here to Gaia House for our retreat, our meditation and inquiry retreat for the week together. My name is Sharda Rogel. This is Catherine. We'll be leading the retreat for this uh, week's retreat together. And um, I, as you know, have an American accent, as you can, you can hear, and uh, come from California, around San Francisco, the Bay Area, uh, one of the teachers around Spirit Rock Meditation Center there. And it's always a delight for me to come and uh, teach here each year at Guy House, um, which um, I've, this is now my 21st year uh, consecutively uh, teaching here. So it's a, a, r- a real uh, spiritual home for me and has been since I first came in 1987 to England to be part of uh, Gaia House. Um, So I haven't actually fully arrived yet. I just came a few hours ago to Gaia House, so I haven't had a chance to walk around or you really uh, settle in yet, and I'm looking forward to doing that. I've been in England for a month, so I'm over my jet lag, (laughs) and uh, really looking forward to being here for this retreat. Um, I'll be going back home right after the retreat. So we come together here. We come together. Some of you may have been here for a few days. Um, Sometimes people come and do some personal retreat before the retreat. Most of you have arrived today, and we come together for our exploration into meditation and inquiry. The location, the environment here, the uh, uh, meditation center, is such an exquisite place. It's Everything here is here in support of your meditation. Everything here is in, in support of your deepening. We have the silence. We have the, um, what we call the noble silence. And when we enter into retreat, we are entering into the noble silence. And the silence is noble because it is a container for us. It holds us. Uh, We, as we enter into the silence and begin to let go, of all the busyness and the activity and the responsibilities and all of that that we're usually uh, caught up in, and we start to touch into the silence of the meditation center, we, it really acts as a port to begin to touch an inner silence that's there all the time, this actual profound silence that lives within us that is often so difficult to access because of all the stimulation and activity that we're usually engaged in, whether it's external or whether it's internal. And I think all of us here are quite familiar with the activity that goes on internally in our own mind. 
And one of the beauties, one of the benefits of coming to a, a meditation retreat is the possibility of being able to begin to quiet down the chatter of the mind, the busyness of the mind, the activity of the mind. And in some ways, this um, activity, this uh, which we could also call kind of a restless nature, the restless nature of the mind, can act as a kind of an, a, a, a hindrance or kind of a, a veil, we might say, over our perceptions so that we're not actually seeing things so clearly or we may not be in touch with the way things are uh, in our life so, so immediately or so accurately. Things can get very distorted through the way that we're thinking about things and viewing things and one of the we we often talk about when when we're when we're talking about insight meditation or vipassana meditation we're actually talking about to the 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 capacity to see things clearly and sometimes this word vipassana the pali word uh it's translated as insight but insight really means to see things clearly this uh activation of a clear view or a wise view of things, viewing things or perceiving things with wisdom. With wisdom. This wisdom that uh, lives in us, that is awake in us, but again, so sometimes difficult to access, difficult to be in touch with. And then there's, there's levels and levels and dimensions of this wisdom that we can awaken to. So very much what we'll be exploring and what we'll be um, accessing is this depth of wisdom that lives within us, which we we begin to access through the, the silence, the silence which points us to the stillness. Talk about silence and stillness, these, these qualities of our being, of our nature, that uh, more and more we can know... <coughs> we can touch, we can experience when we come into a situation like this, a situation that is providing all of the supports for the depth of this exploration. So the silence is a very important part of our retreat here together. We ask people, we invite people to um, take the noble silence, to participate in the noble silence. And what that means is that from this time, it means that you will not be engaging in the same way and socially uh, with others. It doesn't mean that you'll be not speaking because quite a lot of what we uh, engage is some di- engage in is some dialogue, either th- questions and answers that happen here in the hall or, or small groups, the interviews that we are involved in. Uh, there'll be um, uh, one-to-one interviews, questions that come up. Uh, that you'll need to ask about, even just the, some of the functioning in the in the uh, center of your jobs, or 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 things that may come up that you need to take care of in the office or whatever. So we're not talking about a silence that is the absence of uh, talking, but it's a silence where we are only engaging in more functional kind of talking, not social talking, and then the whole rest of the environment, atmosphere is in the silence that supports us to go deep into our own stillness and our own silence.
So we do ask people to make the agreement uh, not to engage in this kind of informal talking while you're here so that you can be supported in this way. We also come into uh, an environment that is very simple. This is one of the beauties as well, is the simplicity of com- what, the simplicity that happens when you're on retreat. Because you really do leave things behind. There is a, a kind of renunciation, a, a letting go of the usual familiar routines and responsibilities. And coming into this environment that is so simple, you have all of your needs taken care of here. You don't have to do very much at all. It's the simple tasks, the simple tasks of also participating in the uh, helping the, the retreat center to function as well, which is a, your generosity, something that you give back to the center and being here. And then just taking care of your body, Eating and sleeping, resting, um, very simple. And the rest is we're sitting together and we're walking together and standing together, eating in a simple way. So lovely in this uh, way of letting go, again, letting go so that we don't have the usual stimulation and input that we have generally through the day. And so the silence and the simplicity, not having to engage in some of the complexity of our relationships that we're often engaged with. And breathing and coming more fully into our bodies and being more present, being more fully here. And as we do that, we begin to waken up the senses our eyes and our ears and our nose and our taste, our our mouth, our tongue, our skin. We start to feel and sense and be more fully in contact with the immediate reality here and now, just the way things are manifesting as we move through the, the building and as we walk outside, making contact with, with what's here for us. Coming alive, it's a kind of coming alive, this waking up the inner vitality that we are and finding out what actually interferes with that, what hinders that vitality that we are. So we have the support of the nature as well. It's one of the beautiful things about being here um, at, in this place is this, this, really the stillness and the silence of the whole external environment as well as the the beauty, the beauty of the gardens and the trees and the plants, the birds, the animals, all of that, all of this supporting us as we deepen here. And all of this, we we draw on this. We, We go outside, we stand by the trees, we walk in the gardens, we feel the grass under our feet, we we feel the wind and the the coolness of the air on our skin, we listen to the birds. All this all this is part of the the awakeness of life and meeting that, coming in contact with that fully. Because so often usually we're caught up in our thinking and our ideas and our imaginings and our fantasies and our planning and our memories and trying to figure things out, analyzing. and um, we're, we're, we're often so 
uh, caught up in our in our mental activity that, that we can't really be fully in touch with with life that's coming through the senses, coming through the body. This is the beauty and the magic and we, the, the mystical aspect of life that's always here. Always here. And as we start to get more quiet, we wake up to it. Not only the external. The external is that wonderful, we might say, the adornment, the display of reality. But the whole inner reality, the whole inner life that is often not available to us, which also has its own magic in a way. So much to be discovered, so much to be revealed. If we're present, if we're here, if we're awake for it. So our practice is really to create conditions, to generate conditions for this accessibility, for our awareness, for our insight, for our wisdom, for our love, to wake this up and then engage, meet life in the way that it needs to be met by us, whatever comes to us that we need to respond to. We also have our community here, the people who have come together at this time on the retreat, and also there are a number of people in the house who are on personal retreat, who also are part of our community, the teachers, the, the, the uh, managers, the people who come and go from the uh, building over the days of the retreat, the, the staff and the administrators. You know, this is our, our community, and everyone gives support to everyone else through your practice, through our practice. And through our individual commitment and our individual love of the practice, love of the truth, love of the investigation, our dedication to waking up, all of that, all of that energy, all of that effort comes together in support of each other. This is uh, what we call the Sangha, our Sangha, our community. And this is a wonderful support. It would be very different if there was just, um, well, if Catherine and I were sitting here and there were just one or two people out there. I mean, we, that's fine. We could, we could work with that. But we've got this whole group of people who have come together and there's a lot of energy here. There's a lot of energy, there's a lot of interest, there's a lot of uh, a commitment and dedication, and all of this fills the room. All of it adds to the, to the field and to the momentum of our exploration over the days together. Plus all the other people who are meditating in the house will feel their energy, and we'll, we'll be very aware of them as they move uh, along in their walking meditation, and we'll see them sitting and, and, par- and participating. All of this goes to an, into informing us in our practice. I can remember when I did my very first weekend retreat some many, many years ago, and I uh, was a, uh, clearly an, a real novice. And um, it was just a weekend, I, just a Friday night, and uh, finishing on Saturday, on Sunday afternoon. And um, it was only about about twelve people with our, our our teacher who was guiding us in mindfulness 
practice, same thing, sitting and walking and sitting and walking. It was so hard for me. I didn't know how I was going to get through uh, 48 hours of silence and sitting and walking and, and staying present. And I really thought I was going to start to um, flip out, actually. didn't know if I could do it. But there was one man on the retreat who clearly had some experience. And he was so steady in his practice. He would sit and he would sit still and then he'd get up and he'd walk and he'd walk steady walking, 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 not like going to get cups of tea and going for strolls. He would get up and, and walk, and then he'd sit back down and sit, and then get up again, do his walking, so steady. And I remember at the time f- feeling that he was holding me on the retreat. It's like his steadiness, his experience, his commitment. I thought, okay, you know, that's, that's, I could just stay with it, stay with it. He's doing it, I can do it. And uh, it's a very, a very strong memory for me, even though it was near almost 30 years ago. And I, and I, and I, can, I feel his, his energy just as if he was here today with that steadiness. And I got through, almost. <laughs> it was very hard. I, I did almost leave on the, uh, either Saturday night or the Sunday morning. There were a couple of times where I thought I was going to leave, but I got through to the Sunday afternoon and then felt very good about myself that I got through. So we really can support each other in this way. And some of the um, uh, uh, exercises that we're going to do, Catherine's going to talk a bit about that. The inquiry, the, I, I actually say inquiry. I think you say inquiry. You know, it's like tomato and tomato. But, so sometimes I'll say inquiry, because that comes more natural to me. So, so in the inquiry, we'll be doing some exercises where we also join together in pairs and we support each other through the speaking and the listening. This is also sangha practice or community practice where we give support to each other. So we have all of, all of these supports, the meditation itself, the techniques and the teachings that will be given, um, the, the, the vipassana, insight meditation practice. Really, in, in, in this tradition, in the way that we teach it, this moment-to-moment mindful attention to the way things are unfolding with a kind and compassionate awareness to what is. It's moment-to-moment, knowing our experience. And we'll be giving instructions um, each morning after the breakfast. The first sitting after breakfast is a time where we're going. That's an important time of the day where we'll be giving instructions uh, and and some progressive instructions, and uh, uh, also uh, time for some questions and answers and some uh, dialogue at that time to be sure that your uh, meditation is clear and you understand and there's a potential for some deepening and expansion in your uh, insight in the meditation. We also have, in the, as many, uh, most of you know who sat in this tradition before, uh, one other support that holds our retreat and acts as a kind of container for us are the five, five ethical guidelines, the five ethical precepts. And we always mention these at the beginning of a retreat because we take these formally 
in a way. We take these guidelines, we take these precepts formally, and we um, take them on as part of our practice of what we practice here. And I'll just say them uh, uh, briefly, and then we'll, we'll take them together. The first one um, is uh, t- uh, taking on the practice of not killing any living beings. So, so while we're here, we actually pay attention to our relationship to life and, our, and, and uh, all of life here. And so wh- however that manifests for you, you know, whether it's you know, the small insects or you know, being aware of where you're walking or how you're walking or how you're responding to different animal life or uh, the creatures here, the birds, whatever, you know, responding with, uh, with respect and with care. The, the tiniest little insect, can we pay respect to their life and allow them to live? honor them. And so we, we pay attention to that as part of our practice here. Um, the second precept, the sec- second guideline, that we take only that which is offered to us freely. So that means that we were here with a, an attitude of renunciation and simplicity. So, so we're not trying to accumulate or get more or build up what we have. We might think of it um, particularly in relationship to the food that's offered here. Uh, sometimes we may have a different diet or we may you know, eat different kinds of foods or feel like we need different foods, but we take what is offered What's offered is offered with, with care and with generosity. And we take that uh, uh, with, with thanks, with gratitude. And we notice our relationship to that. So we say we take it on as a practice. So if there is a sense of some uh, deprivation or some lack, we want to work with that and see how can we bring that fully into our practice before we um, make certain demands or have certain expectations here. The thought arises in my mind that this is maybe stronger at in America, particularly around California at Spirit Rock. There can be a lot of expectation and a lot of demand about how the conditions are there, and it's something that we work a lot with at Spirit Rock. And um, I haven't experienced that here so much at Guy House, but that that's one of the things that does come to me when I think about uh, taking only that which is given freely. You know, we take that which is offered um, with gratitude. Uh, the third guideline is around sexuality. And for the time that we're here, we take on the practice of celibacy, of not engaging in any sexual activity while we're here. And again, this is a, a support for our, our practice. Um, it's a practice in any way that that may arise for you. Uh, at the end of the retreat, that, that particular guideline is different for daily life, and so we'll speak about how we shift that to a different way of relating to sexuality when we leave the retreat. But for other retreat, uh, we take on the practice of uh, celibacy. Um, the fourth guideline is around speech. Primarily, we, take, the, uh, we uh, take, the, take on the practice of noble silence, so honoring and paying respect to the silence, 
uh, not interfering with other people's practice, really allowing people the fullness of their um, whatever they're going through, any way their practice is unfolding, so we don't um, bother them or um, interfere through speaking, through talking. So taking on noble silence. Um, also, though, it has to do with why speech. So when we are talking, we also want to give reflection and some awareness to the way that we're speaking so that we're speaking from a place of truthfulness and honesty uh, in a way that's not harming, that's not harsh, uh, that's um, not, not lying. Uh, so it's all around non-harming. When we talk about speaking, it's all around speech that's not harming ourselves or other people. And then the last one is around um, uh, intoxicants and substances, and on we take on the practice of abstaining from any intoxicants or, or substances that are going to alter the state of the mind. So, um, uh, however, if you're taking some kind of medication that has been prescribed by a doctor for some reason, we... we we absolutely encourage you to continue to take that. Uh, we're talking about any kind of um, uh, substances that are actually unnecessary and not actually that helpful to uh, the sustaining the meditation practice. So we take on the, the practice of uh, abstaining from any intoxicants that will alter the mind and interfere with meditation. So what I'd like to do is actually take those um, five guidelines formally. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll repeat, I'll repeat, I'll say, the, say the, uh, uh, the, the precept and then just say it to yourself quietly and take it on for yourself. And then we'll go through the five together. For the purpose of this retreat, I vow not to kill any living beings. For the purposes of this retreat, I vow to take only that which is freely given. For the purposes of this retreat, I vow to maintain celibacy and abstain from sexual activity. For the purpose, for the purpose of this retreat, I vow to practice noble silence. For the purposes of this retreat, I vow to abstain from all intoxicants that will alter my mind. So, 
We have all of this momentum now, all in the service of our own awakening. For these days, we're here together. So I'll end here and pass the mic over to Catherine, and I um, hope you have a wonderful and uh, profound retreat for these days we're here together. Thank you. So when Shada was talking about the um, retreat facility here and the community and all the momentum that's here already, I started to remember, yes, this is also my spiritual home. I've done a lot of practice here, both at the old guy house that was in a village across the way in Denbury and also at this one and in this hall. And kind of reminded of the silence of this place, how it really is well set up. So I just thought I would like to begin by inviting us into the silence just for a minute that is already here. Just very recently I was teaching a retreat in Sweden and it wasn't in a retreat centre and we had to set the place up and it was in a hall that was a peculiar shape and there were no mats and people were really crammed together and there wasn't a history of practice in that place. And there is here, and sometimes you can feel it. I don't know if you've sensed that, those of you who are returning or those of you who are new. But there really is a a quality of presence that um, has been contributed to by those who have practiced here over the years. So let's enjoy that for just a moment, to really let yourself have that um, benefit, actually, that is here already. So let's just drop into the silence for a moment together. So nothing that you need to do, but take your seat, the momentum that's brought you here, really arriving here and now. And whether or not it's tangible to you yet, at least inviting the possibility of the silence of this place impacting you. Perhaps even here and now. Impacting body, impacting mind. Drinking it in.
just as you be very natural here in the silence, I'm going to invite you just for a minute to come to a standing position and we'll move a little bit together. So can you hear me okay at the back? Yeah? So let the knees be soft and just bouncing a little. Again, letting the focus be from the inside. Let the breath flow naturally. And then coming to stillness, letting the breath, inhaling up, arms up. And on the exhale, letting any sound of <sighs> arrival. We're arriving tonight, so let's do that again. Inhaling, arms up, holding. And any sound. <sighs> yes, yeah, sooner or later is welcome. Inhaling and arms up. And release. Okay, shoulders to ears. In breath and on the out breath. A nice sound from the belly with a... <sighs> and let's do another one. Inhaling. And with a from the belly. And one more. And a. Okay. And balancing on one leg, flicking with the other foot, waking up the hip. Okay, leg forward, leg behind if you can. And balancing on the other leg, waking up the other leg, flicking out. And rest. Support the lower back. Let's the pelvis move in circles, but moving it from the inside at a circle that is appropriate for you. Change direction. (laughs) 
So there will be a lot of formality. You can keep turning your hips if you want. There'll be a lot of formality in this retreat. We use form. And for many of us, when we have formality, it means either we become rigid, you know, we have to tighten up to stay in a form, or we get reactive to a form. I want to invite the possibility of the formality of this retreat with a lot of inner freedom. The formality isn't something to rigidify ourselves, but is something we can find freedom within. So coming to a sitting posture in a few moments. So this is it. You have arrived, at least the body has arrived. You've made it here. However long you've been planning this, I know somebody only planned it two days ago, some of you probably a year ago or more. All the effort that it took to get here, all the arrangements you had to make with work, with home, with families, with animals, with friends... to support your own intention for whatever it is that brings you here, whatever it is that motivates you to come and give a week in the summer dedicated to what the title of this retreat is, Insight, Meditation and Inquiry, the forms that all of you have practiced before of the sitting and the walking, And whatever it is for you that deeply motivates you to do this, knowing, as probably most of you do, that it isn't necessarily, at every moment, the easiest choice you may have made for this week. When we sit and be with our mind, with our body and mind, it can be profound and it can be challenging. So what is it that brings you? What do you most care about in all of this? What supports you? What inspires you to leave aside the familiar? To come? What do you care about most deeply in all of this? And the reflection on our motivation is important because we don't always know what moves us in our life. In fact, you know, there's a lot of times we end up doing things and we wonder, how did I end up doing that? You know, even a certain behavior or a certain speech or a certain relationship or a certain... We want to find out what moves us. Because connecting with what most deeply moves us allows us to contact the lifeblood of what brings us here. You know, whether it's because you want stillness or you want to stop in your life and reflect, or whether you just needed to 
make some space or whether you love practice or whether you're passionate about the truth or whether you simply don't want your life to pass you by. One person I was speaking to recently said, actually, the reason I practice is because I want to be there for my kids. He said, I noticed that, yeah, I, I really want to, but so often I'm with them and then I'm not there. I want to be there. What is it that you most deeply care about? What moves you? And even if that motivation or your deepest aspiration or your heart's deepest desire or longing for depth and for knowing what we are may be mixed with many other things, you know? And it's all, it's all welcome. It's all welcome. We just want to know. want to know about it. For example, we might want to come on retreat to get away from the world. Can't stand the world. But if we stay on retreat long enough, we realize, actually, this is the world. This is my mind, the same mind, body that I have out there. Might be mixed in with, you know, can't stand my mind. You know, I want a different experience. I want a better experience. Or I want to get away from a certain experience. And of course, probably there's enough experience in this room to realize, yeah, and when we sit, what we find is ourself. First, what we find is ourself. So we want to find out all of what moves you. Sometimes I found myself on retreats very maybe very clear what moves me in the beginning or at a certain point in practice and other times wondering what is it exactly that I'm doing here? So what we'd like to do is just do a, a short um, exercise tonight with in pairs where we'll explore the question of what motivates you. And I won't set it up as formally as the inquiry which will begin tomorrow. Uh, slightly more informally tonight. So, um, what I'm going to ask you to do in a moment is find somebody to sit across from. And if one of you is in a chair, then both be in a chair so that you can be at the same level. And one of you is just going to ask the question to the other one, what brings you here? And the person responding can respond whatever they want whatever you want, whatever comes up as the answers you already know about, like what brings me here is, well, I come once a year and it's time, you know, it's, it's, it's June, I always come, or whatever it might be, fine. You don't have to come up with a profound answer or we want to hear what's there. Just let the responses come. And the person says, thank you, and asks, what brings you here? Oh, my car, thank you. What brings you here? So let your answer... Be spontaneous, as honest as you're able to be. It doesn't have to be profound. Don't measure it. And as much as you're able, leave any judgment aside. Your motivation is not going to be uh, assessed as suitable or not suitable. We want to find out about your, your desire for practice. Yeah. So before you work with someone else, just... Um, See how that question impacts you right now as I ask it. 
We'll just take a, a moment or two in silence just to see what comes as I ask you the question. So take your seat. Just being natural without the need for any knowledge of what it is that brings you here at this point. And let yourself be impacted by the question. Some of you have heard a question like this before. We want to see how it impacts you here and now. What brings you here? It's also fine not to know. I don't know. Thank you. What brings you here? And we'll do it for a few minutes where somebody just asks you that question, waits for you to respond, says thank you and asks again. And then you get your whole, you know, four minute chunk and then we'll swap over. Okay. So find somebody to sit across from, decide who's going first and then I'll begin the exercise. Anybody not got somebody? Stand up if you need somebody. Has he got somewhere? So maybe you can... um, Join a pair. Is there a pair that will have a third? Yep. Okay. So the people that are in a three, I'll come and give you the time separately. Okay, so decide which one of you will ask first. And then just come into silence. So I'm going to time it for you. It will be a few minutes long, and you just keep going. Even past all when you said, I've got nothing else to say, and they say, thank you, what brings you here? Just keep going. Okay, so first person asks, what brings you here?
So if the people in the three want to continue and people in the twos, just take a breath and then switch roles. What brings you here? And then coming back to your seat. So anyone want to tell us what brings you here? Anything you discovered? 
to be in a place where um, just being is, yeah. I mean, it's, um, that's all that's affected me. Could you hear that at the back? Can I repeat it, Ruby? The longing to be in the place where all that's expected is being. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. To connect. To connect. What, what kind of connection? I'm curious. A sense of presence and clearness which comes in a practice. Did you hear that at the back, Geraldine? Did you hear? Yeah. Thank you. To get closer to truth. To get closer to truth. And the first part was the poignant sadness. Could you hear that at the back? So the, when I asked the question, there was a touching of that poignant sadness and then a surprising response was that love brings me here. Thank you. Okay. So letting go rather than controlling and being led rather than... Right, led in a wiser place than her familiar mind, yeah. Thank you. Um, to respond to the, the part of me that um, knows peace is possible. Thank you, yeah. To, to relearn to be ordinary and simple. Did you hear that one? To break down isolation. Yeah, away in the back. It's a good place to hide from your kids. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. <laughs> and you're welcome too. <laughs> yeah. And letting it all be here. Letting all of that be here. Thank you.
To be in community in a deep and sustained way. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Maybe just take a moment as you kind of hear all of those land here in this place. You know, we're talking about really a, the, the heart's deepest, deepest desires here for what's possible. And everything else that's there as well, escaping from the kids. Letting all of those levels be here. Yes. Did you say hear or heal? Both. Okay. To hear and heal the heart that wants to open some more. Thank you very much. So, yeah, it's very precious to hear what really moves people. Very precious. So I wish you a, a rich and... wonderful retreat and look forward to meeting you probably will get a chance to meet all of you between uh, well in fact both of us will get a chance to meet all of you either in groups or one-to-one over the days and I want to welcome all the people that have never been to Gaia House before um, or sat with Sharda and I before there's a few faces here I haven't seen And a really warm welcome back to all the people that I know or we know, either from here or elsewhere as well. It's really nice to see you again. Yeah. So I'll pass you back to Shard and we'll do a short meditation. I want to say I really appreciated um, um, the things people shared I was very touched by that. Um, in Buddhist practice, everything moves from our motivation. Whatever that motivation is, is what gets manifested into reality. And so by getting clear about your motivation, it actually helps bring that forth into manifestation. So if, uh, if, if you feel... Uh, inclined, you might want to even write it down on a piece of paper and keep it in your room. Um, sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes on retreat, we meet challenges and we can sometimes forget why we've come. <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> why, did I, why did I choose to do this this week? <laughs> and then you just pick up your piece of paper and you read. And then you'll still you'll remember why you came here. It's just sometimes really helpful just to keep that motivation in, in the forefront. And it can help as a guide for your retreat. So it was very beautiful. Thank you. And, um, yeah, use that here this week. So um, because we've already moved a bit, we don't need to stretch at this point. So why don't we just, um, we'll have maybe a... Mm, 
a 15-minute meditation together tonight before we break as a way of even coming here a little bit more fully. So coming into your meditative posture now. Let your awareness come fully into your body, feeling and sensing your body sitting here, sitting here on your cushion or on your bench or your chair, here in the room, listening to my voice, that sense of knowing where you are. Let your body be upright, your back relatively straight and your chest relatively open, hands resting easily on your knees or in your lap. And let your body relax. Your shoulders, arms, hands, torso, your belly, your legs and your feet. Notice the muscles in your face, particularly around your eyes your jaw and your mouth, cheeks. Let the muscles relax. And as you do, you may notice your breath deepening. Becoming aware of your breathing. Breathing in the body. Relaxing. Softening. But as you do that, also keeping your mind awake, alert to the knowing. Knowing what's happening. Knowing what's happening in your body. Knowing what's happening in your mind. Knowing when you're aware of sounds. Knowing when you're aware of silence. You sit and know that you're sitting. with a mind and body that's relaxed. And yet the mind is alert. 
relaxed and alert. We breathe in, and when we breathe out, with that breathing out, we can let go. Let go of any tension, tightness, holding. Nothing to hold on to. Breathing out and letting go. As we sit, we sit with an attitude of openness to what is as much as we can, without rejecting our experience, without manipulating our experience, but rather being here with what is as it is, with a kind attention. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.